Arizona looks to improve their record to 2-1 this weekend, hosting UTEP for a late-night matchup here at Arizona Stadium. The Wildcats are coming off of a hard-fought 31-24 loss to Mississippi State that, despite the outcome, did have positive takeaways. In addition to career nights from Tedderoak McMillan and Jacob Manu, the defense had an impressive outing holding the Bulldogs to just 5.5 yards per play. A major contributor and new addition to that Arizona defense joins us now on this episode of the Wildcat Rundown. What's up guys and welcome back into the Wildcat Rundown. Today's guest and the first player to be on the podcast is Sia Nofo Anga Totoa. How yes. close am I to that? That was perfect. Really? Okay, good. Can you break down for our Wildcat fans? Because I've been practicing a little bit, I'm not going to lie. I had Josh help me. But <laughs> can you break it down? Because he told me that there's a silent N in there. Uh, or you're supposed to pronounce a silent N in there. Um, yeah, it's uh, Sio Nofo Anga Totoa. So RG kind of sounds like an N in our language. Okay, well, I'm excited to have you on today because first season for you with Arizona, and whenever we have someone new come in in my role, I usually, first thing I do to get to kind of know who they are and their background is read their bio. And your bio on the website has been by far one of the most interesting ones I've read, just from all the places you've lived, the different sports you've played, the instruments you play. So can you start with where you were born and kind of your path and travel of where you've all lived and why? Um, I was born in uh, Auckland, New Zealand. And then uh, at a young age, me and my family moved to American Samoa just to uh, help my grandparents uh, with family stuff. And then at the age of 15, we moved uh, to Australia just for opportunity wise. And then, um, at 17 years old, I moved to Clearwater, Florida, just to taste, trace, uh, chase the dream of going D1. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that brought me to Indiana and then Indiana to Arizona. So you've been literally all over, yeah. all over the world. That's crazy. Did you learn any other languages? I know English is spoken in all the places you've lived, but do you speak anything else? Uh, I speak Samoan and English. So those are the two main languages. Awesome. And what place do you claim as your hometown? Uh, Ili Ili, American Samoa. So it's my home village. Why that one? Why is that one so special to you? Um, just growing up and learning a lot from my culture and my grandparents. I feel like it was a big foundation for who I am today. So out of all those places you've lived, when you first obviously born in New Zealand and then you went to American Samoa, what was the biggest like culture shock that you experienced? I think uh, just how small the island is. Um, everybody knows everybody and uh, just how much football is important over there. It's a big avenue for um, young youth to get off the island. So whenever there's games or whenever there's a championship game, it's almost like college football. You know, all the stores are closed and everybody in town is watching a game. Is that where you first started to play football? Yes, uh, I started playing at 11 years old. I got introduced um, by our youth football league. That was the first year they started uh, playing youth football back back home. What was the position you gravitated towards first? Uh, first, I actually played uh, center. So yeah, it was a big adjustment, <laughs> but it was fun. And I had heard that your dad and uncle were well known for football on the island. Um, did they have a big sway in you getting involved in football? 
Yeah, definitely. Just hearing all their stories growing up, uh, I couldn't wait just to play football. And then the high school uh, they went to was pretty well known. And then uh, my uncle, he played football for uh, the University of Hawaii. So that was a big motivation. When you were in New Zealand, what was the idea of football like over there? Because I know it's not the primary sport. So did you play other sports first? Um, my first sport, I played uh, soccer, but and then I played rugby and uh, football over there. They actually call it gridiron. Yeah. And um, I think they're slowly building up, you know, uh, a league and a culture of football over there. So you go to American Samoa, you play football, then you move to Australia. Were you able to continue to play football when you were over there? Yeah, they did have football, uh, but around the high school age, they only played uh, nine-man football, which was a big adjustment. But um, I didn't play that much. I played rugby and started to take it a little serious and then just kind of figured out that football is really my true love. I've heard from other guys um, I've known that have played rugby and then transitioned into football that there's so many similarities. They feel like it's really helped them. What skills in rugby and that experience of playing that do you think help you most in football? Uh, I think with rugby, uh, the bigger guys are, uh, they have a more of a job just to have ball skills and good footwork. So I think that translates well to football and especially the tackling. It's a lot safer because you don't have a helmet. So you have to use good technique and that translates well to football. And I saw that you also swam. I remember this summer when I did your rookie roll call, you said that if you didn't play football, I, I believe it was water polo that you said you would play. Um, Beach volleyball. Beach volleyball. Yeah. That was what it was. <laughs> so when did you play those and how long did you play those sports? Uh, I also played volleyball in Australia. And uh, it was quite fun just being able to play different sports and uh, learn different skills. But uh, I think just uh, growing up, we always played uh, volleyball in our village. So it's just a big love, you know, just um, playing with friends and family. Do you get to play often here? I know the same volleyball courts are connected to the practice field. Not that you have a ton of time yeah. right now, but <laughs> have you been able to play with the guys a little bit? Um, yeah, with some of the guys, we play at the pool, so it's a lot less work on the body, but it's always fun just to get around the guys and play pool volleyball. You mentioned kind of your uncle, that he was a big inspiration for you to go play D1 football. When was that dream exactly born for you, and how did that lead to your decision to move to Florida? Um, in 2013, he graduated from the University of Hawaii, and uh, just seeing that in person really motivated me just to um, chase D1 football, knowing that it would be a good opportunity for me to further my education and use football as a vehicle just for more opportunities in life. How'd you get connected with Clearwater um, International in Florida? And is it the Tampa area? Yeah, it's uh, a few minutes away from Tampa. Not too far, but um, it was kind of by accident. Uh, my head coach had uh, stumbled upon my uncle's contact, and then um, he reached out saying that uh, they would be able to get me to Clearwater, Florida, just because they're an international high school. So just building the relationship from there, and um, as soon as I heard I had the opportunity to come, you know, I was ready to come here. You know, I just packed my things, and then I think with one week, from talking to him, I was on the plane to Clearwater, Florida. Wow, and did you move by yourself? Yes, ma'am. Wow, so you spent two years in the U.S. Did you know anyone in Florida? Uh, no, most of my family is on the West Coast or people that I know are on the West Coast. So moving to Florida was a big adjustment, but it was a new opportunity just to see a different side of the country. What was the biggest difference in football when you got to the United States? 
uh, I think just the speed and then development at the high school level was uh, way faster um, compared to most places outside of the U.S. And just uh, the hunger that everybody has to go D1, I guess everybody who plays has that goal of going to college at any level. So we've talked about all the sports you've played, all the places you've lived. You also are into music. I saw that you play the piano and guitar. Which instrument did you pick up first? Uh, I picked up the guitar first, just um, being around church. And uh, my cousins, they played a lot for our church and our family. So that kind of motivated me just to pick up the guitar. And then um, me and a lot of the guys, we, we have jam sessions just we play guitar and we sing songs. Sometimes we just have uh, worship services, just um, just having that fellowship with the guys and just, you know, sharing what may be going on in life and just throughout the week. That's awesome. I mean, I got to hear a lot of you perform at the talent show and yeah. <laughs> so many gifted guys on this team. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And then I know like you didn't even play an instrument you yeah. sang. So I was like, man, there's even more talent within this group that we didn't get to see that night. <laughs> So a lot of fans have submitted questions for you. I'm going to try to get through as many as I can. A lot okay. of them were pretty similar, so I'm going to group them in together. Okay. Um, the first one comes from Eric, and he asks, why Arizona? So why did you decide um, when your time was up in the Big Ten that you wanted to come here, and what went into that decision process? Um, just from an organization standpoint, just from Coach Fish and – just seeing his vision on what he wants Arizona to be and then just uh, how it breaks down to all the other coaches and just the players, you know, seeing um, how close they have been in the past few years and just wanting to be a part of, you know, chasing that goal and just pushing Arizona to a place that's never been. And you mentioned that you have a lot of family on the West Coast. Do you have any family here in Arizona or more so like California? Um, I have one auntie and uncle that live here in Arizona, but uh, most of my family lives in uh, San Diego, California. So it's not too far. Yeah, nice. Feel a little closer yeah. to some family now. <laughs> okay, next question comes from Colin, and he asked what a typical day of eating looks like for you. <laughs> um, you know, just being in season, we're kind of in a maintain stage. So we have uh, mandatory meals, just breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and just talking to our nutrition staff and um, getting their um, getting their thoughts on what I should eat and what my plate should look like. So, yeah, just getting in those meals and then making sure, you know, I'm able to recover from workouts and practice is the biggest thing. Can you walk us through, like, wake up in the morning? If you have – let's do weights because I know you guys consume a little bit more and people are always interested. Um, we did a segment with nutrition this spring and – people couldn't believe all the food that you guys have to eat because you yeah. burn so much. So um, on a day that we lift, uh, we lift at 8 a.m. So I'll come in around 7, 7.30, have a little pre-workout snack. It might be a, a shake and maybe a bagel or some yogurt and then go through the workout. And then after have breakfast with the guys, maybe uh, a few eggs, um, maybe some chicken or some steak, just some type of protein maybe a little salad on the side and then a waffle on the side. It's always mandatory. And then um, after that, we'll have class or treatment and then have lunch. I'm a big lunch guy just cause, uh, you know, going into practice, you want to feel energized. So maybe a burger or a steak, a salad on the side too. And then just whatever I'm feeling for the day. And then um, after practice and meetings, we'll have a big dinner 
And uh, dinner's always important just because, you know, you're recovering after practice. So always uh, doubling up and just trying to get the most that I can. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people had food questions. I thought that was funny. So kind of to summarize some of those, um, what is your favorite cheat meal or like celebratory meal? Um, After the games we win, um, I think five guys or in and out is always a good cheat meal. Just, you know, having a good burger and some fries. So that's always good. I agree. Are you an in and out fan or a water burger fan? Like what's your top? Um, hamburger joint i think uh top three would be in and out um five guys and then uh grays shout out to grays grays i haven't been there i have to check it out we always talk about food on this podcast and now i have like a list of (laughs) food places i need to go here (laughs) okay next question a lot of people also wanted to know just about your position so what do you love about your position and um someone else also asked why defense instead of offense um defense i just uh you know just being able to tackle guys and make plays it's always fun and then um Defensive line, you know, it's a technical position and uh, it's not the most popular position. It's almost like offensive line, but um, I think just being on the forefront of the defense and just knowing that you're an important part of um, how the defense rolls and just being able to help people, help other positions make plays and then being, being able to make plays myself is also a fun thing. Another question was why number 50? Because people saw that you wore that at your last institution. You're now wearing it here. Does it have a special meaning to you? It was given to me by my head coach, but uh, slowly it kind of developed the meaning. Um, so just for my parents, um, I have uh, there's five of us kids. And um, just growing up, you know, uh, they sacrificed a lot. So for the number, it's like uh, five reasons, zero excuses. So it's kind of just what my parents did in life. You know, um, they got five reasons to push, which is me and my siblings, and they never gave any excuses. I love that. That's really cool. Um, Jasmine was wondering what inspired your ink. So if you're listening to the podcast, they won't be able to see it. But um, if you could, like, walk us through the different tattoos you have and just the inspiration behind them. Um, So I got my... Uh, tribal sleeve which uh, has little patterns which all mean a different thing in our culture and then on uh, my right arm it's a kind of a memorial uh, arm just to different uh, family members and um, I'm still adding to it but uh, yeah just as I go on and whenever I see something I like and how I can incorporate it for a family member it's kind of how I make the decision. Yeah, that's special. How many sessions have you had? Um, I've had six. Wow, thank Okay, another one comes from Benjamin, and he was wondering what your favorite moment has been in your football career. You know, every win is a special moment just in the locker room. But I think just being part of the locker room is, you know, something you uh, something you'll miss um, once it's done. But just building that bond with people you know, you're uh, spending every day with the guys and you're going, uh, you're grinding every day. And just when uh, when things go right and you win and, you know, you make it a bowl games, it just puts everything together. And then a couple of familiar names here for you. <laughs> Cadillac was wondering what habits throughout the week help you prepare for the opponent? 
just say I just want to say a uh, shout out to our high performance team. You know, uh, that includes our nutritionists, our strength coaches, Coach Tio and the guys, and then uh, Kevin and everybody in the training room, and then also our uh, mental health team. Just everything they put together, the plan they put together, um, just makes it kind of easy for us. But personally, I think just um, getting in extra cardio with my dog Cadillac always helps. And then um, just breaking down the game plan and just working on the fundamentals and habits that, you know, can uh, help us make a difference and a win. Mm-hmm. Entering week three now. So UTEP coming up. Anything changing now as we get more into the grind of the season? Just, uh, you know, staying in the training room and just getting ahead of little nagging injuries helps us. And, um, you know, again, that's just a big shout out to our high performance team and the way they put things for us, you know, um, making sure we get the right nutrition for our bodies to recover and feel our best. And then T.O. and the guys, you know, making sure we're getting stronger, faster each week while still peaking during game time. And then just uh, Kevin and them in the training room, just making sure, you know, we're feeling our best and just giving us the resources that we need, like massages and cryotherapy. And then just also uh, our mental health team, just, you know, making sure that aspect of the mind is is good. So, yeah, shout out to them. <laughs> and last one comes from Jonah and also Jacob, and they want to know, what is your hair routine? What What's your secret there? <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, every day we practice, so maybe just rinse it out. But uh, two, two to three times a week, just uh, condition, deep condition and shampoo. And then maybe every other week I might braid my hair just uh you know make it easier for game days but yeah that's pretty much it (laughs) gotcha well thank you so much for being on today ceo best of luck this weekend against utep we're all going to be rooting for you and the wildcats um and thank you for your time bear down thank you for having me